teaching, um, going to, speaking of some of our, our children, some of the older ones, the youth, we're going to go ahead and dismiss you uh, to your time. So if you're in grades 5th through 12th, your leaders are going to meet you over by the side doors uh, over there. And uh, thank you for being here with us this morning. Go ahead and turn uh, in your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 19. Um, we'll be in our Bibles there. If you need a Bible, you can put up your hand uh, and then one of our servants will bring you one. Um, and uh, or you can find it on the app as well. So we're going to spend some time in Acts 19 today. Uh, but as we as you're turning there, I want to ask you a question. Uh, do you ever um, think about the, how places get to where they are? Um, do you ever think when you show up to a place, I know we have some visitors here uh, at the church this morning, everything like how did, how did this place come to be here? I know if you're like me, um, I don't often think of that. You know, like when I uh, show up at In-N-Out Burger. Um, my goal really is to get in and out uh, with my burger in hand. I don't often think about like, oh, what's the story behind this place? I'm just showing up for some, some, some goods, you know, some burgers. Uh, or maybe it's like coming to the university here uh, where we show up in order to, to get something uh, to spend our time here and maybe we don't show up here thinking like, what is the storied history uh, of over a hundred years here in, in this place. Now, uh, we tend to just think, I'm getting I'm getting this. I like these programs. I, I'm doing this. Uh, you know, or we go to a place like Trader Joe's, and I'll be honest with you, I, I never really think about, was there actually a man named Joe? And, and um, did he, in fact, do any trading at all? Um, you know, you show up to kind of get what you need and, and go uh, from there. Um, Every once in a while, um, when I'm kind of showing up for some goods and services, I will, uh, like, in and out when the line's a little bit long, I will, um, you know, be standing there, and I'll look at the T-shirts that have some scenes from the, you know, 1950s California car hop, uh, or I'll read on the, the, there's a little story of, of when they were founded, um, something like that, but very often I don't think about that question at all. And, and when we miss out on the story of such places, um, because every place has a story, doesn't it? Every person has a story, and when we miss out on the stories, uh, sometimes we may miss out on, on a man, or on a woman, or on a, a family, or a, an organization that uh, was, was so inspired, and it's an inspiring story um, of how they you know, had a vision and, and persevered uh, and ended up through challenges and struggles at, um, uh, at in case of In-N-Out, a good burger, right, that we can get uh, and go from there. Uh, sometimes if we miss out, if we don't pay attention to the story, we may miss out on that story that's inspiring of a man or a woman. Uh, but, but here's the truth. When we miss out on the story of a church, we miss out on the story of God. Not just the story of a man or a woman or people working together, but we miss out on the story of God and we miss out on his goodness. We miss out on his faithfulness. We miss out on his plan of how he has worked from generation to generation to advance the good news of Jesus Christ and his grace. This morning, I hope to share with you the story of two churches. And I hope that in the midst of the story of these two churches, we will see the story of one God 
who is faithful from generation to generation, that no matter what time and what place, that our God works in one way through this thing that we call a church. And I hope that kind of in the midst of our big point, we'll see that new beginnings, uh, particularly when it's new beginnings of the gospel going forth, when it's new beginnings of churches, it leads to changed lives. New beginnings lead to changed lives, changed people. I'm going to tell you the story of two churches. One church began nearly 2,000 years ago. They had a good run, but at some point along the line, they lost heart. Uh, and we can go visit the ruins today. The story of the other church uh, began about 15 years ago. It's had a pretty good run, and the future... Well, friends, that depends on you. Acts 19 tells the story of the beginnings of the Ephesian church. You may recognize that word Ephesian if you've been around, if you looked in your Bible. There's a book of the Ephesians uh, that was a letter to a church in a city of Ephesus. It was written by a guy named Paul to the church in Ephesus, the Ephesian people. In fact, most books in your New Testament were written to churches. And so I think we have a map up here. You can see where Ephesus was in the ancient world. Uh, and you can see some other names out there that maybe kind of resemble some of your books of the Bible. And uh, many of them written by this guy, Paul, was to the churches that had been planted there. You see that this, uh, these arrows that are going out are actually missionary journeys by Paul. This is actually his third missionary journey. And everywhere he went, he took the gospel and he planted churches there. And so when you look in your book of Ephesians in the Bible, uh, which actually in February we're going to be in a message series uh, that our teaching team is ready to take you through, and uh, it's going to be more about uh, what was going on in Ephesus, uh, what was being written to that church. Uh, so I hope you'll be here for that series, and I hope this morning that we'll provide a little bit of context that will be helpful as you go in there. The year was A.D. 52. And we pick up the story in Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. It said, it happened that while Apollos, who was a leader in the church, was at Corinth, saw where that was on the map, Paul passed through the inland country and he came to the city of Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. That's John the Baptist, the John that came before Jesus preparing the way. You see what was going on here? There were some disciples who were talking about things of God. Uh, they were talking about some, some spiritual things. And uh, they had heard this message that came from John the Baptist uh, who was preparing the way for Jesus, but they had never really heard of Jesus. They were looking forward to someone who would bring hope. They were looking forward to something, but they had just uh, gone around kind of doing what John was doing. They hadn't got the full message of Jesus, and they hadn't uh, got the, the one who Jesus sent, the Holy Spirit, in order to live out their lives in Christ. Continuing in verse 4, Paul said, John baptized with baptism of repentance with water, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, 
and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying, there were about 12 men in all that day. A lot's in these verses here. Let me give us a little bit of context. Jesus walked on this earth. He gathered disciples. He told them that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And then he went to the cross for our sins. He died and he rose again, which is why we believe in Jesus today, because he rose again. And he was talking to his disciples and he said, um, you know, I'm going to go back to my father, but you, you will be my witnesses here in Jerusalem and then to Judea, Samaria, to all over the world. And you will be empowered by my Holy Spirit where I, I will send it to you. Don't go beyond Jerusalem till you receive the Holy Spirit. Because then you will be able to do the work that I've called you to do. Acts chapter 2. Holy Spirit comes and the church goes from the original 12 disciples and some others there in the church to 3,000 people in one day. And the movement continues from there until we get to these missionary journeys and the gospel is going out from place to place. And one day in AD 52, Paul shows up in this city of Ephesus and he finds some people talking about things related to Christ, but they don't know Christ. That's evidenced by because they don't have the Holy Spirit yet. And so Paul tells them the fullness of the gospel. And, and they're baptized in the Lord Jesus. And they receive the Holy Spirit. And on that day, they become a church. See, here's a few things that we can know about how God works. The gospel, the good news, the message of Jesus Christ, of his death and his resurrection, the hope that we have for salvation, advances through the boldness of spirit-empowered missionaries. The gospel was going forth at that time through the witnesses that would go. Jesus' original disciples, they had kind of hunkered down in Jerusalem uh, until persecution pushed them out. This guy named Paul, he was the one who said, you know, I'm going throughout the Mediterranean. God is leading me. And, and he went once. He went twice. He went a third time as directed by the Holy Spirit. In fact, Acts chapter 18 we read that Paul stopped briefly in Ephesus, but the Holy Spirit was calling him back to Jerusalem, and he told them, I'll be back one day if it's the Lord's will. And when we see him back here, we know that it was the Lord's will, that the gospel would go back, and the gospel would grow there. They were not yet a church when Paul arrived because the gospel wasn't centered, and the Holy Spirit wasn't there. See, my friends, that's what makes a church that we are centered, that we are built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are empowered and we are led by the Holy Spirit. And, and when that gospel comes to a, a group of people, well, then the gospel continues to advance through the planting of Christ-centered, spirit-led churches. When people come together centered on the gospel, led by the spirit, the gospel continues to go out. And that's exactly what was happening in Acts chapter 19. Let's continue reading. Verse 8 said, Paul entered the synagogue, and for three months he spoke boldly, reasoning, persuading them about the kingdom of God, the same thing that Jesus had talked about. But then some were stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way of Jesus before the congregation. So Paul withdrew, and he took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. See, when it got a little bit too hostile and people were hard-hearted, 
that he moved his meeting place. He went to a, a different hall where the non-Jews could hear as well. It says, this continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. You see, for two years, the, the church is being established, rooted in the teaching, not just of Paul, because Paul's teaching went back to the teaching of Jesus Christ. They're being rooted there. They're being grown in there. Some are being hard-hearted and turning away, but others are receiving the word of God. You can continue to read in Acts 19 about further of the story where some incredible things, God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul. Miraculous things were happening as the Holy Spirit was moving. Uh, that if People were being freed from evil spirits. People were being healed. Such is the work of the church. Uh, there was a group of people because in Ephesus, uh, the god there was Artemis. Uh, she was a Greek god, and the temple was built to her. And there's a, a big confrontation that comes up, and not just when the gospel message is going out, but when Paul actually says, in order to follow this way, you're going to have to abandon some of your ways over here. Now, sometimes still in the work of the church, as the message says, Hey, if you want to follow Jesus, you need to leave some of your old stuff behind. It gets kind of tough. That can be some of the work of the church. Ultimately, Acts 19 verse 20 says, The word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. The gospel advanced. Went from 12 men to many to there being a church. In A.D. 52, A.D. 62, Paul writes back to the Ephesian church. He's now gone away, but he writes to them, and he tells them that they are wonderful people of faith. They continue to pray for them, that he is thankful for them. The church had continued beyond Paul. Third thing we need to realize is this, that the gospel advances through the ongoing work of faithful men and women from generation to generation. AD 64, Paul writes to a young man named Timothy. It would be his first letter. And you know where Timothy is? He's actually in Ephesus. Um, Paul's not there anymore because his boldness had actually got him thrown into a Roman prison where he would one day be executed. But he writes to Timothy and he says this, as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. See, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, continue there in the church. Be devoted to the faith in Jesus Christ. Be devoted to the word of God, not other things. This time, Paul knows he's at his end, will be executed by the Romans. He writes to Timothy, he says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. See, what Paul had learned in his life was that uh, the gospel needs to go from generation to generation. So Paul had invested in, in Timothy, another young leader, and now he's telling Timothy from a distance, continue to, to share that gospel 
because it's going to need to go from generation to generation, even beyond you, Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 4, Paul writes, the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And he entrusts the ministry of that church to Timothy, knowing his time on earth had come. You see, in God's story, individuals come and go, but the gospel advances from generation to generation through faithful men and women. I don't know where you were in the year 2000. I was finishing up college in a little place back in New York, all excited about my marine biology career. Some of you were barely born. I don't know where you were in 2000, but there was a group of men and women in Northern California that began praying that there would be a church in Davis, that people would hear about Jesus, that people would grow in Jesus, that people would know the work of the Holy Spirit in their own lives, that people would continue to know God and find hope in his son Jesus. They prayed, they gave. In June 2001, a 24-year-old man named Aaron Brockett and his wife Lindsay, they made a move from the Midwest. And they moved far from family, and they came to a town of Davis. They started a church uh, the hard way. Two people moving into a par an apartment in South Davis, starting to meet people sending out a few things in the mail and praying that one day there would be a, a church of people who would gather. How does it make you feel sitting here in 2017? Back in 2000, there were people who were praying that you would be here today, that you would hear about Jesus, that you would find community, that you would find God's purpose for your life, whether you are an 18-year-old university student that is kind of just wandering in after a hard night or a hard quarter, or whether you are a family that has moved to a, a new place and is far from family, I pray that you might find a family here, or whether you were a, a young, gifted believer in Jesus, that you would find your purpose and know God's plan for your life. People were praying long ago that you would be here. In February 2002, Discovery Christian Church met for the first time on a Sunday morning. There's a picture of the very first service there. Um, hey, can we zoom in on that picture for a moment? I just want to point out a young couple there in the second seat. Uh, we're much younger at the time. Uh, John and Garrison Riker sitting there. I'll just point out that I'm looking pretty intently at my sermon notes, um, <laughs> even back then. But you want to know what? The gospel advanced to the city of Davis through the boldness of a young missionary couple who planted a church. I myself am very thankful that they did. I, like many of you, showed up here when I was a young graduate student, just newly married. Uh, just like most of you walking in here, I never planned to preach a sermon uh, in this church. I was looking for the things that you are some guidance, some direction, some community.
some growing knowledge. And we found that here in this church. Discovery is that place, always has been, where no matter who you are, no matter what your past, no matter what your story, you can come back to God. You can find relationships with people. You can know that. And not only there's a hope for your eternal future, but there, there's a purpose and a plan for your life here and now. That's the place discovery's always been. And I've always been living proof of that. I don't know if all of you kind of know my story. In February 2006, we went into a time of transition uh, as a church. And uh, Aaron and Lindsay decided to move back to the Midwest. At that point, um, I had just... I hadn't even finished my PhD yet, um, but I kind of stepped in here, long story, but God ended up calling me to be the pastor here. In February 2007, my wife and I stood on this stage and were prayed over and called by God and called by the church, and given the incredible privilege of continuing to advance the gospel from generation to generation, hoping that the gospel would not only advance in this city, but throughout the world. And I pray, I pray that throughout these years, the past 10 years of serving here, that, um, that, that we've grown as individuals, that we've grown as a church, uh, that maybe even a little bit like five, we were a church before uh, I came into leadership, but uh, at least twice in my tenure here, we felt the need to start talking and teaching about the Holy Spirit again. And we've continued the mantra of, of discipleship, that we are disciples of Jesus who are growing to make disciples of Jesus. And we become more and more strengthened and established in the values of who we believe God has called us to be here. We've grown over these years, and, and the things that you've experienced have been uh, the things that have happened over these years. Many of them good things, many of the things that can improve moving forward. Now, here we are after 10 years, and we're in a time of transition again. And where we are in 2017, well, we know God's still at work. We know God still has a purpose. We know God hasn't brought us this far, and now there's, well, nothing next. But, my friends, from here on, it doesn't depend on me. It depends on you, of where we move forward. And what that looks like, I've actually put some question marks there because here's, here's just a word I want to share with you. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What Jesus means is that until he comes out again, until he comes out again, before he comes back again, <laughs> returns from heaven to bring us all home once and for all. His church will continue to advance throughout the world, in many different forms. The church of Jesus will advance. But the lesson we learned from the church in Ephesus is that local churches sometimes can come and go. Revelation chapter 2, God is speaking to some of the churches, and in Revelation 2, he speaks to the church in Ephesus. And to this he says, You've done many good things. You hold to doctrine. You are very disciplined at protecting my words. But this I hold against you. You have forsaken your first love. You've forgotten what you're all about. Discovery, I share this with you, not because I'm saying that 
we've forsaken our first love, but because of this, to be aware that we just don't take the advance of the gospel for granted. We still come back to always looking to Jesus. We always come back to being led by the Spirit as a church and by as individuals. And to focus in on the ongoing work of faithful men and women from generation to generation. God still has a plan and a purpose for his church. It's so not dependent on any individual, even a small group of individuals. God's still continuing his work through faithful men and women from generation to generation. I've been pretty reflective as I look on my first last Sundays at the end of this month. And some names have been coming. They're names that very few of you would recognize. And one name is, is Andy Nguyen, who on Saturday nights, he would drive all the way from San Jose. He would sleep on the couch of our apartment just to be the first person here at the church. Before we had fancy podcasts and apps, he would had come up with a way to put sermons on CDs. And make copies of those CDs and make them available to people. Andy was pivotal here. There was Cheryl Ma. She was only one of our only college students at the time. Maybe the only college student. She was definitely the first. She showed up that first Sunday. She was a very quiet young lady. She would just set up the things in the lobby and go find her seat. And afterwards, she packed it all away. I remember sitting, my wife and I, in a hot tub with... Aaron and Lindsay and a group of other couples who, who dreamed about what discovery would be. One by one, those couples moved on to what God was calling them to next. The dreams talked about there have continued to guide us as we've gone. It might be some names that you recognize. There was Rodney McCurdy, who was uh, retired from the Air Force, and when we were thrust into that first transition, me still in graduate school, Roger Gibson, who was here teaching, but Rodney, who had never preached a sermon in his life, said, I'm available. God used him for the years until he, too, moved on. God used him to bring the word of God faithfully. Retired from the Air Force, no special training, but a heart to share God's word and to advance the gospel. Peter and Jackie Cunliffe, who for a huge part of the church. One day, they said to me, John, you want to go to Haiti? I said, you're paying? Sure. <laughs> and they did, and they took me for two days while on the campus of an orphanage. They prayed and said, God, you want us to come back here. In March, we'll send a team of 12 people down there, and when you get to go, it'll be because of somebody that you never knew. Other names that come up, names that are more familiar to us all at this point, Justin Keneshoff, a farm boy from the Midwest, who showed up one day, stars in his eyes, and feet in California. Oh, one day, some of you are thinking he had stars in his eyes when he met his wife here in community group one day. Um, but was baptized here. Today serves faith twelve. Jake Hosier, who showed up here, um, him and his wife looking for 
a little bit deeper connection. One day when this pastor was in need of friend. I had the boldness just to ask, will you be my friend? That's how it works sometimes, folks. <laughs> just got to ask, I need a friend, will you be that friend? Answered that call, answered every call since. But getting the point, the gospel goes on. The gospel advances through faithful men and women. I want to show you this this morning. I'm going to call some of our leaders on stage because you need to see who they are. Our named leaders here in the sky, there are our elders. I want to ask you guys to come up here. Jake, Hozier, Justin Kennishaw. If your wives are with you and can, come up here as well. Jorge Garcia is back serving as a temporary elder to help in this transition. Come on up here, guys. Your elders are your spiritual leaders. They protect, they guide, they feed, they nurture and care. There's others, right? Our staff, uh, staff members, if you would come up here. Uh, if your wives are here, I'd love to have you come up as well. I know I didn't prepare you for that, but um, in, in ministry, we do a lot of couples, especially when you're leading on this level in the church. And uh, when, when I look at these staff that, uh, continually, I mean, they do more practically right now uh, for any of you and the workings of the church than I do already. <laughs> they're well equipped. That's right. And they're well prepared, and they know their roles, and they're ready to serve them. Uh, deacons, I, I don't think Anne Marie's here this morning, but Caleb, if you would come on up here, Caleb, who keeps us straight in our church finances and budget. Um, we we've added. Uh, some other leaders that you might not be too familiar with, elder advisors. Um, if you would come on up, uh, elder advisors. Uh, we've recognized the need for some increased counsel. Elder advisors is uh, something we've used over the years as a council uh, of wise men or women that come in times, especially when our numbers are down uh, in eldership, that can just provide counsel and input and insight. Um, we have one elder candidate that I'm going to uh, call up as well. G.R. Thompson, if you would come on up here. Um, you'll hear more about G.R. in the future, but uh, he's feeling God calling him to step up during this time. Uh, teaching team. I think only one of them's here today. Kevin, uh, if you would come up. But we have a teaching team that meets every Tuesday. I want you to know this, that yes, I'm often the one that stands up uh, and preaches but my arms are lifted up. I'm well supported week by week by uh, kind of uh, this group. Uh, uh, feedback, bring the hard question, help support, guide, give feedback, bring the hard questions. And they're going to be the ones who are teaching moving forward and bringing the Sunday messages. Our care team, where are some of our care team? Come on up here. I'll call women's team up here at the same time. But, but our, uh, a lot of our leaders are traveling. So they're not all here, but we're, we think we're going to have to make a little more room up here, I think. Um, but our care team that is here to care for you uh, because uh, the burdens are heavy. We go through intense, difficult things. Uh, our women's team that specifically, lots of times you hear from the guys up here. 
uh, but the women that are leading and what it means to be women who follow after God's heart. Our Haiti leaders here, Scott and Christy, uh, if you guys can come up too, because I want you to know that uh, something like Haiti continues to go forward. They're leading the team. They answered the call. I said, I can't make the trip anymore. These two stepped forward to lead the team forward in the values that we have. Family team, discovery group leader, young adult leader. If any of you are out there, a lot of them are up here already. <laughs> um, but uh, if any others are out there, come on up. Guys, this is the church. Should be some people taking pictures. <laughs> Posting on Instagram. Saying the church of Christ is alive and active. Amen. Kind of serious about that. Young people, take note. Whether you grew up in the church or not, this is the church. And this is what when it was going through my own heart of, Jesus, can I step out? Can I step off? It, it's because of this. And leaders, I would just say to you, if I can just exhort you for a moment. I know one of the things we often do in transition is try to, oh, we need to do all this stuff. What I would exhort you in is, do what Jesus calls you to do. Fulfill the role he's given you. Many roles up here. And as we work and function as a body, all those functions, God has arranged. Jesus has gifted all the parts into one body. And as you do your part that God has called you to do, and you do it with all the passion and all the leadership that he gives you, church is a very good thing. You don't know all the people up here, but the diversity, the gifts, the thoughts, the attitudes, the backgrounds, that they can meet each one of you where you are and lead you forward to be who God has for you to be. Now, as I turn towards you, church, I want to exhort you because there will be a day. As you continue, I know some of you are visiting and maybe that would be in another church, wherever you call home. And I hope you call a local church home somewhere. Or maybe it's here. But one day, if you are following Jesus, one day he will tap you on the shoulder. And he will say, it's your turn. It's your turn to be present. It's your turn to pray. It's your turn to step up and serve and fill a need. It's your turn to step out and lead. Or maybe it's your turn to go. Or do whatever he calls for you to be. Because we are the body of Christ. You're part of it. And as faithful men and women continue, we can be assured that the gospel will continue to advance. What's your role in the story of God in this time, in this place? What's he have for each one of us? Think about that. Pray about that. Ask Jesus what he would call you to. And step forward boldly, knowing that he's continuing his work through ordinary, simple, even broken people like you and I. But because of his grace, he wants to use us. Here's what we're going to do, church, um, as we wrap up here. We're going to take communion together. We do that each and every week here in Discovery. We're going to do it a little different today. Uh, we're going to take 
it all together as one, to be reminded of our unity in Christ. So in a moment, the, the worship team is going to come back up, and they're going to uh, lead in a song. Um, and during that song, sometimes we sit and reflect. I want to urge you to, to come to the tables right away. And at each one of these four tables, there's two in the middle, two up front. There will be a couple of these leaders who will be holding out the bread, which represents the body of Christ. Another leader will hold out the bowl that represents the blood of Christ. Uh, take that bread, dip it in, and I want you to go back to your seat and just hold on to it for a moment. Listen to the words of the song. Listen for that tap of Jesus. Think about who we are together in Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness towards each one of us. You've brought us here to this day. You've been writing our story from the time we were like those little babies. God, thank you that we have babies on stage today, that we can be reminded of where we were. God, as we look back to that day when you formed us, when you called us, when you allowed us to take our first breaths, as you've sustained us to take breath after breath ever since. God, we have been through a lot of junk since we looked so cute and innocent on that day. As we show up here today, God, we may look a little dirtier. We may feel a lot dirtier. But you've been writing our story. and You brought us to this point. Thank you that for each story that shows up here on a Sunday morning or gathers in a home midweek, you, you've allowed us to entwine with the story that you're writing for Discovery. God, I pray that this morning I've just been faithful at, at hearing a little bit of the story of how you work from generation to generation, that I, I've carried the story of how you have worked in this place in my own life. I pray that wherever we are this morning, we'd be able to see that you have a plan and a purpose for us. You want to continue to reach people with the good news of Jesus. You want to continue to heal the broken. You continue to want to free those who are bound in chains. You continue to want to teach those who feel like we know nothing and to guide those of us who need direction desperately. Thank you, Jesus, for preparing your church, beginning this church, sustaining this church, and for leading us forward. May we remember you with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. As the band plays, come to the tables, you'll be served, go back to your seats, just hold the bread and juice and I'll come up and I'll lead us and take it together.